This is Chapter 55 of The Boy's Life of Mark Twain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. The Boy's Life of Mark Twain by Albert Bigelow Payne. Chapter 55 A Prophet at Home. New York tried to outdo Vienna and London in honoring Mark Twain. Every newspaper was filled with a story of his great fight against debt and his triumph. He had behaved like Walter Scott, writes Howells, as millions rejoiced to know who had not known how Walter Scott behaved, till they knew it was like Clemens. Clubs and societies vied with one another in offering him grand entertainments. Literary and lecture proposals poured in. He was offered at the rate of a dollar a word for his writing. He could name his own terms for lectures. These sensational offers did not tempt him. He was sick of the platform. He made a dinner speech here and there, always an event, but he gave no lectures or readings for profit. His literary work he confined to a few magazines, and presently concluded an arrangement with Harper and Brothers for whatever he might write, the payment to be twenty, later thirty cents per word. He arranged with the same firm for publication of all his books, by this time collected in uniform edition. He wished his affairs to be settled as nearly as might be. His desire was freedom from care. Also he would have liked a period of quiet and rest, but that was impossible. He realized that the multitude of honors tendered him was in a sense a vast compliment which he could not entirely refuse. Howells writes that Mark Twain's countrymen kept it up past all precedent, and in return Mark Twain tried to do his part. His friends saw that he was wearing himself out, adds Howells, and certain it is that he grew thin and pale and had a hacking cough. Once to Richard Watson Gilder he wrote, In bed, with a chest cold, and other company. Dear Gilder, I can't. If I were a well man, I could explain with this pencil, but in the circumstances I will leave it all to your imagination. Was it Grady that killed himself, trying to do all the dining and speeching? No, old man, no, no. Ever yours, Mark." In the various dinner speeches and other utterances made by Mark Twain at this time, his hearers recognized a new and great seriousness of purpose. It was not really new, only perhaps more emphasized. He still made them laugh, but he insisted on making them think, too. He preached a new gospel of patriotism, not the patriotism that means a boisterous cheering of the stars and stripes wherever unfurled, but the patriotism that proposes to keep the stars and stripes clean and worth shouting for. In one place he said, "'We teach the boys to atrophy their independence. We teach them to take their patriotism at second hand, to shout with the largest crowd without examining into the right or wrong of the matter.' exactly as boys under monarchies are taught, and have always been taught. He protested against the blind allegiance of monarchies. He was seldom with the largest crowd himself. Writing much of our foreign affairs, then in a good deal of a muddle, 
he sailed so fearlessly and fiercely measures which he held to be unjust that he was caricatured as an armed knight on a charger and as huck finn with a gun but he was not always warlike one of the speeches he made that winter was with colonel henry watterson a former confederate soldier at a lincoln birthday memorial at carnegie hall think of it he wrote twichell two old rebels functioning there i as president and watterson as orator of the day things have changed somewhat in these forty years thank god the clemens household did not go back to hartford during their early years abroad it had been mrs clemens dream to return and open the beautiful home with everything the same as before the death of susy had changed all this the mother had grown more and more to feel that she could not bear the sorrow of susy's absence in the familiar rooms after a trip which clemens himself made to hartford he wrote i realize that if we ever enter the house again to live our hearts will break so they did not go back mrs clemens had seen it for the last time on that day when the carriage waited while she went back to take a last look into the vacant rooms they had taken a house at fourteen west tenth street for the winter and when summer came they went to a log cabin on saranac lake which they called the lair here mark twain wrote a double-barreled detective story a not very successful burlesque of sherlock holmes but most of the time that summer he loafed and rested as was his right once during the summer he went on a cruise with h h rogers speaker tom reed and others on mr rogers yacht End of chapter 55